a vet weighs in on Iraq. Today, Tuesday, August 12th. This is The World. I'm Marco Werman. Tim McLaughlin's a former Marine. He served during the initial invasion of Iraq. I have a lot of friends who didn't come home from Iraq. I have a lot of friends who did come home and aren't the same. We ask how he feels about recent events there. Plus, a Liberian doctor preps for a return to her country to fight the Ebola outbreak. People are scared instead of going in and having themselves reported so they can be in quarantine. They are running away. And remembering comedian Robin Williams, during his career, he went out of his way to entertain the troops. For him to go and tell jokes was a way to alleviate whatever experience a service member might be going through and make them laugh. Support for PRI's The World comes from TIAA-CREF, a financial services company helping to create financial outcomes that matter. Learn more at TIAA.org. I'm Marco Werman, and you're listening to The World. It was not supposed to be this way. When the U.S. left Iraq, the idea was that Iraqis would elect their own leaders and create a stable, democratic country. No ISIS, no fighting, no sectarianism. But the past few months have seen that dream unravel in pretty dramatic fashion, thanks in part to Iraq's dysfunctional government, led until this week by Prime Minister Nouri al-Maliki. He's been criticized as tyrannical and wildly sectarian, and even members of his own party apparently want him gone. Jane Araf is the Baghdad correspondent for Al Jazeera English. I asked her where things stand today. The way they stand is that Prime Minister Maliki is saying that he has a constitutional right to form the next government, and that's his stand, and he's sticking to it. Now, he says he's going to go to the federal courts. The courts have indicated that they don't believe that he has a case, but he is still very much acting as if he is prime minister. Despite that, all of the support that has been pouring in is for the prime minister-designate, Haider al-Abadi, from the same party as Prime Minister Maliki, but compromised choice, essentially, who is seen as having a better shot of pulling all of the divided factions together. Right. In the meantime, by Maliki's defiance to remain in office, what attention is he taking away from the Kurdish Peshmerga fighters in the north to battle ISIS? It has made everything pretty much harder. One of the effects on the ground here has been that because of the bitterness between the Kurdish regional government and Prime Minister Maliki's government, there hasn't been money flowing to the Kurdish forces here. The Kurdish Peshmerga have not been paid. Public servants haven't been paid. There really hasn't been a lot of coordination. There hasn't been a lot of talk. That's improved lately. The Iraqi Air Force came in to support Kurdish forces for the first time, really, a few days ago. They feel that they would have done better had they had more support from Baghdad. Right. But how do you see this playing out now? Will this give ISIS a chance to take advantage of internal political troubles in Baghdad? Yes, ISIS is definitely slipping in between those cracks. We've seen that with car bombings today in Baghdad, and the Sunni regions are basically where ISIS, the self-declared Islamic State, has taken hold. I spoke with the governor of Nineveh, and he represents a large Sunni community. He said that it's because of the policies of the Iraqi government that there has been fertile ground to actually support the Islamic State, and that has been a huge problem. You know, many Iraqis were were glad when U.S. troops left the country in 2011. I'm just wondering, have any Iraqis you've spoken with wish U.S. troops were still there? Certainly... 
people who feel they're in danger as a community, as a religion, wish there was someone to protect them. And one of the things that's different about this conflict, we've now seen Christians, Yazidis who have been displaced from their homes multiple times. And a lot of them are saying they will never feel safe again. They actually want to leave. They obviously can't all leave, but some solution has to be found. And people are struggling. They're struggling in terms of not just for food and water. They're struggling with, do they have a future in this country? Does this country have a future? Journalist Jane Araf in Baghdad, thank you very much. Thank you. Jane Araf is with Al Jazeera English. And yeah, that was not your imagination. You did hear a few beeps on that sketchy line from the Iraqi capital. What's happening in Iraq made us wonder what veterans of that war are thinking. After all, these people were on the ground battling it out day in, day out. So we reached out to one of them. Tim McLaughlin was in the Marines from 2000 to 2006. He was in the first wave of U.S. forces that went into Iraq in 2000.